You know, I was, you can sit down, you know, you know in a Pentecostal church when you're standing up half the service. I was teaching a ninth grade class today about Acts chapter 1, and we were talking about the ascension of Jesus. And I asked a question. I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a question. How many of you in this room today got up this morning and said, Jesus could come today? I said, don't get real nervous. I didn't do it either. But you should have seen the look on the kid's face. They were like, huh? Why would I get up and ask if maybe the Lord would come today? So, of course, you know, being a good Bible teacher, I pulled out some more Bible and I said, you know, in Hebrews it says, unto them that, you guys know? Gals know? Unto them that look for him shall he appear. Now, how many of you this morning looked for him? Oh, my. That really is terrible. And I, I, you know, I've got, you know, if I point to you, all those fingers pointing back at me, that's terrible. How many of you will join with me tomorrow, and when you get up, say, could this be the day? You know what, if we start asking ourselves that question, we probably would live just a little bit differently. All right, I'm not here to preach. This is Sunday school on Wednesday night. It's Wednesday school, and so I am a teacher. I am not the preacher, so we're going to go to Matthew 25. Our, uh, the teaching staff down here has decided that we're going to teach on the parables. And so I chose a parable that no one has ever heard of. The parable of the five wise and five foolish virgins. I know you've never heard of this. And any girl that's been in Indiana Bible College in the spring semester has already heard this. So really they should give their seat up for somebody that has a bad seat in the back, but I, they probably won't. Matthew 25, I love this parable. I was trying to give it a name today, but I couldn't give it a name because it, the name, it, it went one of two ways. One was the most exciting party that ever happened. Then the other part was the slumber party that went wrong. And it's like, how do you give a title, you know, uh, because it's just like two opposites here. So I didn't give it a title, but I told you what I thought anyway. Weddings. Everybody's heart's pitter-pattering right now. Everybody say wedding, marriage, love. Love and marriage. Oh, those were the days, my friend. My sweetheart's back there. Wave your hand. When, oh, now, now, now. I tell you. I started to say I fell in love, but uh, Sister Haney told me one time that anything you fall for hurts. So um, I didn't fall in love. I just, he tricked me. <laughs> he tricked me, and I became in love. 
Yes. At our house, the most exciting thing that's going on now is talk of a wedding. Our daughter, Brittany, raise your hand. Are you back there? Wave your hand, yeah. You know, we've spent a year talking about sickness, and we still do, but, you know, now we just kind of shove that aside and we, when, when we get kind of depressed, and we just start talking about weddings. I was at an auction a couple weeks ago, and uh, it was a florist shop that was selling, I don't know, all kinds of vases, really cool vases, and I was standing there, and I was going, Man, the church office needs to be here buying some stuff, you know, for different uh, banquets and all that. And I'm thinking, man, I may, maybe I should call Adina. What should I do? And all of a sudden, it was like, bang, you have a wedding to buy for. And so I called or texted Brittany, and I said, hey, hey, hey. And so I brought home all kinds of cool vases. It's going to be fun. Weddings are fun. Matthew 25 is talking about getting ready for a wedding. Something exciting. Weddings back in the day were different than the weddings that we have today. And actually, I, I wish we could, I wish somebody would be brave enough to do a wedding like they did weddings. But it really doesn't work because of the way we're all so spread out in the, in the city. But what tended to happen, and, and if, you, if you do research and look at customs and all those kinds of things, you'll see varying things. But I'm going to tell you one of the things that they did for a wedding. The bride and her attendants would meet at the bride's home. And I, I don't know what they did, uh, just... They got ready, and then the groom would come with his friends from his home, and they would walk through the streets with torches and tambourines, and they were excited. And it's like, wouldn't that be cool? You know, we have the same old kinds of weddings all the time. You know, do something different. But prior to this wedding, there was a time of betrothal. There was a time of, we call it engagement. So there's a betrothal time, and in that period of time, first of all, a, a father and his son would go to the home of the girl that they wanted to be the bride of the son, and they would um, negotiate with the father, because the father was going to lose a worker in the house, and, you know, so they would, they would bargain, and they would come up with a dowry of some sort. And then there was it, was, it was a promise that was made. And in that time of betrothal that lasted, it, it, it varied, but usually up to a year, the husband, the groom-to-be, would prepare his home. He would get it all ready all stiffed up, I don't know, maybe a room onto the cave of his family, I don't know. Uh, and the bride would make herself ready. She'd get her little clothes all sewn and all the stuff that she was going to take with her when the bridegroom came for her. I, I think about the Lord and how he said in John 14, I go away to prepare a place for you. What a place. I mean, 
I, I can't imagine what it's going to be like. It's going to be like, uh, I'm trying to remember what my seventh graders would say, way cool. Way cool. It's going to be way cool. Gold. I mean, you, you think about a city that's made of pure gold. How much is gold an ounce right now? It's, it's nearing $2,000 an ounce, isn't it? A city that's pure gold. I mean, that groom is making big plans for his bride. Wow. And his bride, hopefully, all of us, is ma we're making ourselves ready. Getting our clothing together. Getting our act together. So that when he comes back, we're ready to go. So we look at Matthew chapter 25, and in this particular story, a wedding, it appears, is about to happen. The bridegroom is not at the home of the bride, and the bride is likened here to ten virgins. Now, the neat thing about that verse and those two words is that it signifies that there were ten Good girls. They were virgins. Uh, to us, sorry we have men in the room, but if you are a virgin, that means there's been no inappropriate behavior before marriage. In a spiritual sense, that would say you are not doing things in the world that you should not be doing. Ten of them. Ten of them, ten good girls. Everybody say, ten good girls. And so they're at this home waiting for the bridegroom, and they all had their lamps. Everybody said, they all, say, they all had their lamps. Say, they were all waiting on the bridegroom. Say, they all had oil. Now, I'd always thought that only five of them had oil, but that's not accurate. Because if you look at the parable here, at one point in time, the lamps have gone out. For a lamp to go out, they had to have been on. And they weren't switches like we have. They had oil in lamps. So we have, at the beginning of this parable... Ten virgin girls, all pure, all good, and they all had oil. I, I meant to call Sister Mass today, and she showed up tonight, but it was a little too late, to ask her, what does oil signify here? Now, I read a book that I, um, I took a college class uh, at IUPUI on Jesus in the first three Gospels, and so I got that out today. And one thing they said was, not every little point in these uh, stories have some significant meaning. I don't know that I believe that. I don't know. I'd have to think about it for a while, but it usually hurts my brain at my age, and so I just forget it. I'll tell you what they said. Oil, from what I know in the Bible, oil signifies sometimes a type of the Holy Ghost, signifies a type of anointing. Um, I don't know, but what I do know is if it signified the Holy Ghost, we had 10 
good girls that at one point in time had the Holy Ghost or had an anointing on their life for what we do know is that they at one time all had oil. So they're waiting in this home for the bridegroom to show up. It must have been exciting. Uh, there's nothing like those last few hours before the wedding. There's just I, I've been there, done that. There's nothing like it. I mean, for me, it was, oh, my word. Uh, now see, my daughters are not like me, so don't judge them. But it was like, oh, I forgot to get shoes. Now, how many girls in here would do that? No, nada. So I wore footies, white footies. But it was an exciting time. I, I got on the phone and found some white footies and because uh, I had to call a friend of mine because I didn't have any. But it was exciting. And then you're up there taking pictures, and they're making you smile for 2,500 photos. And you're just, it's not hard to smile on your wedding day. It's like, yes, 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 I got him, I got him, I got him. Sorry, girls. <laughs> you know, all, they're, they're, anything can happen until they say, I do. And I was like, hey, just a few more minutes, and I got him. And if he tries to get away, I've got a lasso. Woo! I got you, baby. I told somebody the other day, we've been, this coming June, we will have been married 30 years, and I told the girls at IBC, I said, and if he walked in the room right now, I would still smile. That's a good thing, because I was in love. Woo! <laughs> so these girls, who knows what they were doing? They're all excited, and they're waiting on this guy to come. But you know, lesson in marriage. Let me tell you girls something, especially those of you that marry some, going to marry someone in the ministry. They're always late coming home. You guys aren't laughing, but someday you will understand. Is Sister Kilman here? No, but she would amen that, wouldn't she? I'm going to be home at 5 o'clock. Okay, I got dinner already. It's on the table. Everything's set. It's 5.45. Where are you? What time is it? Oh, oh, is it really that time? You know how many times I've heard that? And I don't, I, I don't know if I believe him or if he's faint. I mean, I didn't know. But this story is very typical. The bridegroom tarried. And for some of you girls, he's tarrying. But just hang on, he's coming. Yes, I should hear some amens there. So the bridegroom tarries, and it it gets to be 3 o'clock. Well, I thought he would be here about 3. I thought he was as excited as I was. It's 4 o'clock. He's still not here. It's 5 o'clock. He's not here. I can't imagine being a bride and the groom not showing up. I just I cannot imagine what went into their heart that day. Five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. Did he stand her up? Ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. I'm tired. <laughs> and the Bible says, now this is another part of this story that I don't totally understand because it doesn't say anything negative about the wives that went to sleep. They all slumbered. 
that say slumbered or slobbered? They all, oh, slumbered and slept. Now, this is what I came up with. I came up with a couple different definitions, and that is if you have lots and lots of oil and you are ready for the bridegroom to come, you don't have to be fearful about everything that's going on in the world. Just lay your head on that pillow and go to sleep. The Bible says he gives his beloved sleep. That is scriptural. I don't think, I mean, this world's in turmoil right now. You know, there's, uh, you know, earthquakes and money problems and problems everywhere. And we could stay up all night worrying about it. But you know what? When you're ready for the Lord to come, just go to sleep. Let him take care of it all. But then there's a kind of sleep that if you're not really ready and you don't have enough oil in your lamp, more than likely... In a spiritual sense, you should not go to sleep. Wake, shake yourself, do something. But in this particular story, all ten virgin girls went to sleep. And the Bible says at midnight, finally, rat, no, I, he wasn't a rat, he was... Girls, girls, did you did you pay attention? Did you girls, did girls? Did you pay attention? I said I need a man and only two. Only two. Mine and that one's not taken. Oh, if you if you girls want to marry a man, give him your number. You gave me $100 to say that. Okay. What does the book of James say? What does the book of James say? I'm looking for my notes. It says, James 5, 7, and 8. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. And hath long patience for it, until he received the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. The Lord is going to come. He promised he's going to come. But like this parable, he has tarried. People have thought for years that the Lord was going to come. I believe, I honestly believe he could come today. But if he tarries, here's the question for you. Do you have enough oil in your lamp to sustain you until he comes? 
this is where it starts getting serious. We've had fun, but now I really want us to think. The foolish virgins had oil in their lamps. My guess is that it was from some other party or some other something, and they just had some left over. While they were asleep, the oil burned. But when there was a cry at midnight, they woke up to find that five lamps had gone out. They discovered that five lamps were still burning. When that midnight cry was made, they jumped up. All ten of them. They were all there. They all expected to go to the wedding. And then they got frantic. And so then the foolish say to the wise, give us of your oil, because our lamps are gone out. Now, I, I struggled with this, and I still don't know if I have the right definition here, but I've always been taught we should share. That's what my mom told me anyway. I hope she wasn't lying. Um, we should always share. Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, not so. Lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. The conclusion I came to, and somebody can straighten this out later, is that I can tell you where to buy oil, but I can't give it to you. I, I can tell you how to find the Holy Ghost, but you can't have my Holy Ghost because I need my Holy Ghost because I know me. And if I just depend on me, I'll never make it. So I need to show them. You need to go down there and get it. I, I, I can't give you mine. And so they were smart. They went to buy. And when they went to buy the bridegroom came. And they that were, what, ready, went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. That story can bring about two different reactions right here. And oftentimes, we look at it just in a negative light. But for five girls that waited and were ready, they went in with the, with, with the bridegroom, and the door was shut. Revelation 19 says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. And his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. 
I can only imagine what heaven is going to be like when the bride comes marching in. Oh, my word. Angels standing back, and here we come. What I learned from this parable is preparation. What I learned from this parable is if I once had it, I have to keep it. If I once had my vessel full of the Holy Ghost or the anointing or whatever you want to whatever you want to call it, then I must keep that vessel full today. What I had yesterday wasn't good enough. I've got to prepare. The question is, how do we prepare? Everybody has their opinions. I'm just going to give you an opinion that I saw in the word of the Lord because it's better than when I give my own opinion. Usually nobody listens if I give my opinion, but if I say it's in the Bible, then maybe you'll listen. I want you to go to Revelation 21. This is, I was drinking tea and eating toast, and I think it was uh, peanut butter and honey on my toast. One morning, preparing for Indiana Bridal College, Bible College. I, I don't know why I keep saying that. Yes, I do, really. And I was studying about the wise and the foolish virgins. And I was like, Lord, we need to prepare, but how do we prepare? Revelation 21 kind of told me. It says, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Wait a minute. Okay, this groom that went away and is preparing this place for his bride did something really cool. He prepares that city like a bride that's all dressed up for her husband. So maybe there's a clue in here as to how I need to prepare. Let's go quickly so we can go home. First of all, Verse 2 pretty much says it all. And I, John, saw what? The holy city. The city was prepared like a bride all dressed up for her husband. The city was holy. Don't get messed up. Good grief. God loves holiness. Be ye holy for he is holy. What's holiness? It's not just dress. It's holiness is everything. It's the way I talk. It's the way I walk. It's the way I act. It's blah, 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 blah. Don't, don't, don't get picky on me. That's silliness. Proverbs 1 says, how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? Come on, grow up. Get a brain. All right, what else? Verse 11, and there's a bunch of stuff here, but I'll just pick a few. She had, the, the city had the glory of God. Her light was like a stone most precious. You have the glory of God. Verse 12, she had wall, a wall, a wall, great and high. That means there are times in your life when you need to put walls up to stay prepared. There are things that you should never let penetrate your life. You should have a wall as big as, what's a big high wall somewhere? The Great Wall of China. It should be 
fortified like China. Don't let the devil get into you. Good grief. You know the Lord's coming back for a church. Wow. Verse 14. The city that he created like a bride had foundations. Oh, yeah. We're built upon the foundations of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. We have to have foundation in our life. If you don't have foundation, you're not going to make it. Just mark it down. Verse 25, the gates of it shall not be shut at all. Wait a minute. No, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, so he makes this high wall, but he leaves the gate open. There's a reason for that, I think. This is Barkus' version. You leave the gate open so people can see. Jesus, as Brother Pedigo said, the Jesus. We're not just a walled city that we never let anybody see, but we got a little gate open. The other thing about this city that I want to mention, and I've skipped over a bunch and that's okay, but the city, verse 18, was pure gold. Okay. How do I become gold? This is the part of the lesson we don't necessarily like. But when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. When you're going through a tough time in your life, maybe you don't have any money. Everybody in Bible college can probably relate to that. Maybe you're sick. Sickness comes from nowhere and you have no clue why and the Lord doesn't miraculously heal you in a moment. And you have to walk that a little bit. Only thing, the only thing I can say to you is that he's making you like that city. You're more and more valuable. Every day you walk through a trial... And you stick with it. And you stay full of that oil. You become more and more valuable. Do more study on Revelation 21. You'll figure it out. In the parable, the the bridegroom goes in with the five wise and the door is shut. And the foolish come and they knock at the door because they want in. Let me tell you, when the rapture takes place, there are going to be good girls and good boys that want to go to heaven. I have, I've thought about that before. Oh, I do not. I do not. I do not. Do not want to wake up someday and discover that it happened and I'm still here. I don't, I, I, that, you talk about nightmare, a real nightmare. There is nothing on this earth that is worth missing that day for. I, you know, so 
and if we have visitors, forgive me. This is a this is you know because we would never say anything like this to you. But I I really get sick of of. Well, what if we find out I could have cut my hair? So what? I mean, I'll get ticked too. But you know, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm the Patty Bunny Bunhead here. You know, it'd be a lot easier just to have you know, you know. But good grief, is that going to, I mean, so, so what if you can get in with, but what if you can't get in? Here's a question. I'm telling you, it is not worth the risk. Because for one thing, if you go to that other place, there are no barbershops there. You, you will live in eternity what you didn't want to live here on earth, really, you know. Full of the pleasures of this world. Do you know that if you are very fortunate, you may live to be 90? I mean, just go back to Proverbs. How long, you stupid ones, are you going to be stupid? 90 years compared to forever? Well, he's really, you know, he's, he's awesome, you know. Uh, are you crazy? You're going to give that away for eternity? We need to start asking each other, are you stupid? (laughs) I mean, I've been stupid, and I make mistakes all the time, but you know what? The moment I make a mistake, there's that Holy Ghost is checking me, and I want to get back under the blood really quickly. Really quickly, and that's I'm not talking about a grace to just go out and do whatever you want. I'm just saying there is nothing in this world. There is nothing in this. Do you hear me? There is nothing in this world worth missing the rapture for. Nothing, nothing, nada. I do not want to be that girl that's knocking there going, well, I once had it. I once had, that parable is saying somebody's going to be doing that. Somebody, that's sad. And while they're banging, saying, Lord, Lord, and in the Bible, ask Brother Kilman, this is true. You know, if they say two words, I mean, it's urgent. Lord, Lord, they're urgent now. Why weren't you urgent before now? Oh, Lord, Lord. You know what? It's not all negative because there's five girls in there partying. <laughs> yes, yes, they've got their man. They've got Jesus. They've got eternity forever and ever and ever. And old things are passed away. There's never a day without money. There's never a day without your health. There's never, never, never. It's perfect place. But I'm going to tell you what it takes. To want to prepare. It's going to take you falling in love with Jesus. When there is a marriage, it needs to be between two people that are in love. <laughs> I, I laugh, Brittany. She's going to make. She's going to be mad at me. She put on Facebook the other day. I'm in love. I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. I 
Oh, that was so sweet. Oh, you know what? I'm in love with him, and I don't care who knows it. I'm in love with him, and I don't care. Matter of fact, I want you to know it. I want you to know that I'm in love with Jesus, and even though he's tarrying, he's going to show up and take me home. Oh, wow. Sister Olga, come here. I, 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 I am doing something that Sister Olga is probably very mad at me. I don't, you probably don't even know Sister Olga. Does anybody here know Sister Olga? Sister Olga came from Jamaica when I was nine years old. She came here to live with my pastor, Brother and Sister Urshan. Sister Olga, when Brother Urshan became General Superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church, she moved to St. Louis and faithfully served over there. When Brother and Sister Urshan retired from St. Louis and came back to Indianapolis, uh, Brother Urshan's health wasn't really good, and Sister Olga had bought a house that's right next door to my house. But Sister Olga went out, and she continued to serve Brother and Sister Urshan. Sister Olga is one of the finest Christians that you, uh, I'm telling you, you're, we're really not even worthy to shake her hand, and I'm not kidding. There are very few people that are truly great. Sister Olga is a great lady. Sister Olga went through a car accident with Sister Urshan, and it eventually took Sister Urshan's life. And Sister Olga lived, she's had some brain, some bleeding on her brain, and she's kind of, she keeps saying to me, I don't even know if I can remember the words of this song. But I want her to come sing for us. If she doesn't remember them, I'll make some up, and I'll sing with her. You better pray she can sing. You already heard me sing tonight. It wasn't good. Sister Olga took me to Jamaica with her from the time I was nine till I was in college every summer. Sister Olga is one of the biggest influences in my life. I tell you, she's one of the biggest influences in my life. And I love her very much. And now she's, you know what? She's glad, though, because she has dark skin and she's not turning red right now. She's always had a tan more than me, and I always made, well, it really made me sad. But. Come up here, Augie. I call her affectionately Augie. She's the best. But we're, she, yeah, Jesus is, that's right, you're second. I want, she, I want her to sing, I have a longing to see Jesus. You see, when you fall in love with Jesus, there will be a longing deep within you. Or pass away. And if you'll keep that longing, I promise you, you'll make it.
Still I am standing in His presence Till I see Him face to face I have a longing to see Jesus That this world cannot erase <coughs> While she's singing, if you have, if, if you, some of your oil's just been depleted, you know, come up here and get some more. Don't, don't wait. That, that's silly. Don't wait. And you know what? Don't be embarrassed. There's times I've got to fill up. Just come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Get what you need. It's hot in here, I know. But you know what? God's got something special for you. Oh, I have a longing to see Jesus. Every moment of the day, there is a year. 